Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Emily Madavian's sweeping documentary film Bitterbrush follows Holland Patterson as well as Coley Moline range riders who are spending their last summer herding cattle in a remote part of Idaho. Totally off the grid with only their dogs as companions, Holland and Coley brave inclement weather and perilous work conditions while pondering their own futures. A portrait of friendship, life transitions, and the work of two skilled young women in the isolated and beautiful landscape of the American West. There's a lot more to this documentary than meets the eye. It is about connection. It is about support for one another. It is about our sense of place in the world and so much more. And we're fortunate to have with us the director of Bitterbrush, and that would be Emily Maddavian. Emily, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film a lot. Uh, as I mentioned to you before we got started, I lived in the eastern uh, Sierra Nevada mountains and I got a sense of what it is to be in that just incredibly beautiful part of the world. Uh, the American West is spectacular in so many ways. And getting to know these two women is just such a gift. Tell me a little bit about how you got to know them. So I was living in that area. I was living also in a cabin off the grid um, in in rural Idaho. And like, as you probably know from your time living in the mountains, it's not just that the the view is beautiful, which I think we tend to think of, that kind of frames it as like a thing out there I get to look at. It's that there's something very transformative about living in a place where the rhythms of nature are so essential to how you, you know, chart your days and your weeks. And, and there's something about being able to be close to the land in that way that I think is just, uh, I found it at least to, to really be profoundly changing. You know, it changed the way that I thought about how, how humans are on the planet and what it, and what feels um, like my own personal rhythm. I met Holland and Coley out there. Uh, Holland was my neighbor and, and I, we bonded over that, that kind of connection to the to place. You know, the thing about it, just as you're describing it, and for me, the scale of the world becomes much more clear and yeah. your relationship to that scale of the world that we live in, right? It's just, there's something, and it's in, it's inescapable, at least for me it was, to not be, to not have a sense of some sort of spirituality about our lives and the and our place in our lives. It's yeah. It's nearly, I can't imagine living in an environment, in a place like that, and not having this kind of idea of your place in the world, in the universe in some ways. It's really, especially when you're at night and you look up into the stars and they're crystal clear and you can see forever. Yeah. How can you not think about those things? And so, so that's one of the things, that's the thread for me that pulls along in this film is our sense of self, our sense of place, right? Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about what they do. They're range riders. And what are, what are range riders and what are their responsibilities? A, so a range rider is a seasonal worker. The simple version is herding cattle. But really what the responsibility of the job is and what makes them excellent at it is that they're, they're protecting the cows over the course of the season and they're moving them from area to area in a way 
society that also protects the land. So the the women are you know pushing them up over the mountains into a new area every few weeks, pushing them you know downstream or wherever it is, and making sure that the cows are healthy, that they're not being predated on, and also that they're not staying in one place and, and overgrazing, which would be you know destructive to to the the ecology of the place. So it's in addition to animal care, it's also a bit of a uh, an exercise in maintaining the ecology of the area, right? You have a responsibility to maintain that if you're doing what you do so that other people, this is federal land that these this cattle are grazing on. Is that correct? It is. It's federal land that local ranches have a limited right to use, but only on the condition that the land isn't damaged and there's a requirement that range riders are um, moving the cows and um, there's measurements done and things like that to make sure that, you know, that, that, that the work is effective. And so there is a, a kind of um, a mandate for the range rider as, as a protector of that relationship. Right. And, the, and what makes this, and I don't know how unusual, but certainly unusual, at least from the perception of most of us about who is out on the range riding, it's about two women, these two women who have worked together before they have they have a bond you can tell from the very beginning of the film that is just uh beautiful it's a, it's almost like they've been around each other long enough to know what the other one is thinking i mean it's almost it feels like to that level yeah. um even in getting to know holland i think you said you knew holland first and then you got to know yeah Collie holland after. was my neighbor and then okay. Holland brought Coley down from Montana to work oh. that season with her. Okay. Um, they were old friends and, and Holland knew, you know, she wanted someone to work with that she had that bond with, that she trusted, that, you know, yeah. you, you can see how much the two people who are doing this job have to, not just how much time they spend together and so they need to get along, but also, you know, they're completely off grid beyond cell phone reception, you know, no satellite phones. They, they have to truly trust uh, the other person that they're with, you know, if there were an accident, they're prepared to carry each other out. Describe them individually. I, I think, you know, Holland's a joker. I, I was just having breakfast with him this morning and she was laughing and saying, you know, I always have to remember you're supposed to read the room before you make a joke. You know, she's, she's kind of, she's that person who's always, uh, you know, laughing, making jokes, getting, you know, kind of lightening the mood. And Coley, I think is a little bit, it, it, certainly in the, in the time that we're with her in the film, she's really at a crossroads in terms of trying to figure out how do I make a life for myself in this? And and I think she's someone who feels and senses the world very deeply. It's part of what makes her good at the work. But I think she's she's just she's a very sort of uh, an interesting person in that she's that combination of incredible strength and determination, but also a real sensitivity. Yeah. You know, she's a very close observer of of the world and really has these keen insights often. Yeah. And again, the way they play off of each other, the way they work together, the when they're out on the range coordinating their efforts to round up the cattle, to watch that happen is just a beautiful thing to watch. And it's a ballet of sorts, if you will, out in the middle of the range. What makes it so compelling is that your crew is able to capture it. And I, before we get too far along in our conversation, I really want to acknowledge not only the dedication of yourself to, to this project, but also of the crew to be out there with them because it feels like 
they spend a lot of time with them over the course of this. And it takes place, let's point this out as well. This takes place over four seasons, basically. It's actually one season. Okay. okay. It's one season, but the weather in that area is so extreme that for anyone else who isn't from there, it would look like four seasons because it snows in June and it snows in September. So, um, okay. Fair. You're, um, it's from the first pushing the cows out to the bringing the cows back. Okay. And that, that time includes, you know, the land greening up and, um, the, the snow and the, the, the ice melting, you know, and then, and then returning again. Yeah. But weirdly, that's only like three months. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It does feel like a lot longer than that. But uh, but within that period of time, again, you were able to capture so much. And there are some personal changes that are going on in their lives, which are are really important. They're important for them and important for their future at what they're doing. And yeah. it just plays out. As a documentary filmmaker, you know this better than I do, that you must have recognized not only the, the story itself, just them doing what they do is an, is an interesting story, but the gods smile down on documentary filmmakers quite often to, to show them that there's a lot more going on. And in this film, there is a lot more going on than just simply them doing their job. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think I think the, the big ask, I guess, that that I'm posing to the audience is to say, like, spend a moment in these women's shoes or looking through their eyes and and you know do what we do as documentarians which is place a certain faith in the idea that uh there's like a richness and something to be learned by walking in somebody else's shoes and so for me the the thing that is always so rewarding is is discovering the things that you can't plan that that the people who you're collaborating with bring to you you know yeah. from their lives that they're it's a, it's a kind of a gift to the film and it's a gift to anyone who watches it if, if they can engage with that of of having a chance to see life's challenges through somebody else's eyes yes absolutely the film is bitter brush and it is being released through magnolia pictures terrific film distributor congratulations on being with them it is coming out in theaters on June 17th, and it will be available on video on demand beginning on June 24th. So be looking for this. Uh, Magnolia has really just got an amazing track record of films that they get behind, and this is one of them. I really thoroughly enjoyed it for a lot of reasons. The technical part of it, I, as I said, it's beautiful to look at. One other aspect of this, a couple of things. One is the editing must is really, it feels like this is a particularly um, important part of the the film, the editing, pulling all of the elements together, but also your choice on music, which at first I wasn't sure about, but as the film went along, I thought this is perfect for what we're, <laughs> I felt like. It, it just it, it was not what I expected, and I, I'm I mean, my hats off to you as a filmmaker to to do to do that because it just at first I'm like this is really uh, yeah. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm probably overthinking this, but no, 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 it's. I mean, all of these choices are like very, you know, they're very carefully considered and, and certainly overthought on my end. And I think of all of the things that I, I did that are very clearly my hand, like some things it's not transparent, maybe the director's hand. That's one where I knew what would be obvious. This was a, a choice I was making. It was a risk, but I felt strongly the film is scored with Bach piano music. You know, I felt that Bach is 
evoked the formalism and the dignity and the spirituality and all yeah. of the things that were how I saw them. And I, I just felt that this is how I wanted to frame them, right? Mm-hmm. This, this is how I want us to see them. And I, I wanted to signal that um, through the music. And I knew I was prepared that some people wouldn't like it. And I accept that, you know, but it is, but it is one of the tools that I had to suggest something that I'm hoping comes through in the perspective of the film, which is that, you know, these two women are incredibly good at what they do. There's a real depth of purpose in the way that they approach life. And, and I think that they have an incredible dignity that deserves um, a level of respect and attention. Could not agree more. And going back to my metaphor about you know the the outdoors and the, our scale, the scale and this connection of spirituality, it is a cathedral of sorts to be outside yeah. and do what they do, and and that it's very fitting. It is, and like I said, but as I'm watching the movie, or as I'm watching your film, pardon me, as it as it evolves, um, this is great. This really works. And there's one scene in particular that I think is a little bit terrifying but also embodies what you're talking about is when there is a horse that they're trying to get into one of the um, carriers Hmm. and holland is sort of is sort of managing that there's a couple of scenes where they're essentially they're Mm -hmm. managing the horses and she's trying to get it into one of the carriers one of the truck carriers and watching the power of these animals at work and watching her orchestrate that is just beautiful I wanted to open it like that because I wanted us, I wanted us to feel viscerally the size of the animals that they are wrangling when you're at a distance, perhaps to think like, oh yeah, to take it as inevitable that, oh yeah, they know how to do this. But when you're, when you hear and you feel yeah. uh, the, the power of a, you know, a 1500 pound animal that's like stomping at you and, 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 and losing control, you realize, Oh, this is, you know, nothing is inevitable here. This all comes down to their skill and their, their kind of their experience and their wits in, in keeping everything safe. Yeah. Well, there's that scene that I just described. There's also the scene in the, what do they call it? The paddock. I'm not sure whatever within the round in the round pen, the horse break round pen, right. Where, where they're also managing these animals that you have to respect Um, as a quick aside, my sister is a horse lover and she works with a at a place where they do uh, therapy with using Mm -hmm. horses as part of the therapeutic program and that's the other thing about this our connection as human beings to horses is maybe i mean dogs rival our connection to horses but in terms of the development of, of us as a species as a civilization horses are absolutely indispensable to human beings over the course of thousands of years yeah. So that's another connection here that, again, you know, that p- people, I think, need to c- consider in watching the film is our connection to horses is incredibly important. Yeah. And it's not as simple. You know, it's not merely this kind of like highly evolved cultural form like dressage. It's also this much more primal um, you know, sometimes verging on maybe brutal, but also just like this incredibly deep, rich yeah. bond um, between a working human and a working animal, which is what we see with their dogs and with their horses. Yeah, the, the two animals that are in so many ways so closely tied to human beings, for better and for worse. I mean, let's be honest. And uh, to see this, is, it's just uh, remarkable. Congratulations on the film. Um, I really, truly, um, you know, I hope 
people seek it out. My sister is waiting with bated breath to watch it. She, <laughs> I told her about it. She's going to bring a bunch of her people from the stables, go see it. So, so I'm sure there's going to be a, a very dedicated audience of people who will want, to, will want to see this. The film is called Bitter Brush. And it is, I said, it's opening here in Los Angeles at the NoHo Hollywood uh, Theater, uh, Lemley Theater uh, on June 17th. That's Friday, June 17th. And it will be available on VOD, Video on Demand, beginning on June 24th. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for such attentive and thoughtful questions. I really appreciate how deeply you understood the film. My pleasure. We've been speaking with the director of this terrific documentary film, Bitter Brush, and that would be Emily Maddavian. Thank you so much for the film, as well as spending a little bit of time with us today here on Film School Radio. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.